This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Chris Bentliff with Pro CFO Partners back with Create the Next, our weekly podcast, and I'm here with John Chapel. And John, we're talking today about planning. And Holly and I, Holly Farty, have talked a lot about this one year, five year, three year plans. And you're really thoughtful about a three-year plan, which I think is interesting because some of us have trouble planning for the next quarter, or uh, we, we might have some big ambition for the next, you know, how many of us started 2020 with a big plan and we're looking back and none of that happened. Talk to me about a three-year plan. What's the value of looking forward? What's the value of getting outside my comfort zone of what I feel like I can immediately control and getting maybe a little bit more adventurous in the ways that we can think, but then grounding that in reality, in the practical aspects of business? Well, um, you know, with a three-year plan, five-year plan, 12-month plan, any degree, uh, the first thing is being forward-looking and really anticipating what direction the company wants to go in, uh, what it needs to to achieve, to accomplish its objectives, understand where there might be some gaps and challenge points uh, coming ahead. And with that, how will the team together work on those issues and opportunities to realize the potential? Do I discover those things as part of making a three-year plan or, do, or are those part of my three-year plan? Understanding where there's weaknesses, understanding where there's opportunities. Is that something that I chart along the way or do I need to kind of feel like I've got those things squared away before I can set a vision for the next three years? Um, well, you know, the world's always changing. Conditions are always changing. I think it really comes down to first knowing where you want to go. And with that, do you have the capabilities to realize that, whether it's with your product offerings, is it with your need to drive innovations, is it with your organizational effectiveness, the ability to drive profitability? Um, There's many different considerations that need to happen. And when you're doing a three-year plan, I think the first point you really need to do is at least on a leadership team level, truly understand what are the strengths, the weaknesses, the objectives, and building a high level roadmap on how you're going to get there. Um, Again, dropping down numbers on a top down perspective that I want to grow 50% per year for the next three years. That looks nice in PowerPoint. The real question is when the uh, rubber hits the road, how will you achieve that? And working cross-functionally, understanding again, our commercial strengths and weaknesses and the opportunities, our supply chain, and whether or not to the extent that we are going to grow to that level, do we have, suppliers in place or our own manufacturing capabilities to achieve that? Uh, do we have the infrastructures in place with people, process, and technology as we scale the business to support that growth? And with it, how can we do this while building an organization that believes in operational excellence? So there's a lot, I think, there to unpack. Yeah, so if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm diving into this, uh, what do you recommend I prioritize first? What do you recommend that I, is it that kind of SWOT analysis? Is it, what do I first do to sort of start to have a strength around this three-year vision and not just feel like I'm throwing darts against uh, a board and hoping things stick? Well, I think that the top-down uh, parameters or measures that you want to achieve with key value drivers in sales, your cost of sales and creating marginal improvement, your overhead investments, your investment in commercial spend, whether media promotion, um, those are all important. And with it, 
as you look through it, you need to also understand, again, other aspects of the business. But first, putting those guardrails in place gives us a framework towards working towards. And from an organizational perspective, I think that that SWOT of understanding where are our strengths and our opportunities with respect to base business, new products and innovation, organizational excellence, uh, people and leadership, those all need to be built into the context of where we want to go. And traditionally, if you've got that framework in place, the next step, I always think, is gathering the leadership team to make sure that there's an alignment on what we want to do and our our capabilities of getting there. Every organization and every function is going to have their own wish list of things to do and uh, buyers to put out on a day-to-day basis. But an overarching strategy, an overarching alignment on these are our mandated objectives and priorities, and these are the things that we need to be focusing on, and how each one of our functions can contribute to achieving those, I think that's step one. I think that coming down with the top-down targets is very commonplace, but ultimately, I think you need to start dissecting the different operating segments and understanding, again, how can you build that roadmap to get there? Now, do you have guidance around, um, when I think about the goals, I see a lot of organizations put way too many goals out there, or they have a three-year plan that is too involved. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, They're trying to do too many things. They've got too many big visions. And then I see other organizations that say, if we can just get these three things, you know, and then maybe they'll try to work backwards. Do you have guidance on that? How how broad should we be thinking? And I'm thinking of this, let me con- put some context in it, from a leadership team where we've got some visionaries who want to take on the world. And we've got mm-hmm. others who are very sort of uh, pragmatic and really mm-hmm. would like to, you know, let's focus on this or let's have these three checks done or whatever. And there's a balance there that any leadership team needs to find. But what's your guidance on that? Should we think big or should we think specific? Well, uh, I'm never going to frown upon anyone being ambitious and thinking big, but as far as making it a realistic and attainable plan, I really like to focus on the value drivers. What are the keys that are going to get us there and focus on doing those two, three or four things really well and executing again flawlessly and winning on the ground and ultimately, uh, to the extent that you have those other wish list items, if you've got the bandwidth with resources, could be people or money, um, you, you maybe embark on those. But as a primary goal, particularly considering most organizations have limitations on resources, whether they're people and money and how many initiatives they can work on, I'm a big advocate of looking at the big wins, a few select items and yeah. doing them very, very well. How do I set a three-year goal that um, I don't, that isn't just uh, sort of floating around and, and I'm willing to shift it around and adapt and, and, you know, throw it out and build another one next year. How do I stay disciplined on my three-year goal, even as market dynamics or as business dynamics are so often changing around me so that I need to pivot sometimes pivot is the wrong word. I need to subtly move sometimes, but, uh, but I'm not losing focus on what I said I was going to do in 2017 is still relevant here in 2020. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, 
ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC Financial Flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com that's an excellent question. I think as you go down this path, uh, planning and estimates and uh, forward-looking views are always going to change. As you said, there's many different conditions in the marketplace, competition, timelines have been impacted. So you will change those. I think the best way of doing this is actually using a, uh, a rolling type of plan. First off, from a business planning perspective, many companies, as you said at the start, don't know what the heck's going to happen in the next month, let alone the next quarter or next year. But as you build those plans, to the extent you have three-month planning, four-month, six-month planning, 12-month planning, using that as the base and then building outer periods based on drivers. Uh, the key areas of, that impact any plan will be your top line and whether or not you're driving that through sales price, through volumes, through acquisitions. Uh, it could be also with new product innovation, your cost of goods sold, and understanding, again, how do you control that, driving your higher selling price, higher driving product mix that is more profitable, and at the same time, squeezing cost out of your cost of goods sold, uh, driving efficiencies in your operations, so your overhead costs are nominal, and to the extent that you're now generating profit, reinvesting that in the business through commercial investment to drive your brands. It's, a never go, it's an ongoing process. It's a cycle that never really ends. And if you at least have that foundation in place for the near term, adding on to that for additional periods isn't that complex. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something that it should be a living, breathing document. I don't think a three-year plan is something I created in 2017 and put on the shelf. And I create another one in 2020 and then put that on the shelf. This actually should provide a framework for where we're going. And as the management team, leadership team, the owners periodically assess where they are, where they're going, that's where, again, they're going to uh, decide how to pivot and where to change because they're setting targets with a product or dimension. They're setting it with a customer dimension or channel dimension. And how are we performing against those? And to the extent that we're lagging our objectives, what steps do we need to uh, address to close those gaps? Do you recommend that as I work backwards from the three-year goal, um, how, how much should that inform my quarterly goal? Because what I see a lot happen is we get really focused on these quarterly goals it almost is if I've got an idea to run a marathon and I'm going to start, and that's my three-year goal, but I'm going to start by training for a, for a 5K because that's what I'm ready for. I can get so fixated on the 5K that I can lose sight of that larger thing. So in this moment of quarterly adjustments and, and you know annual adjustments, I'm, I'm thoughtful about that three-year goal. How informed should that be for uh, for these short-term goals that I'm making, or should the short-term goals just always be made in consideration of, yeah, but we said in three years we wanted to be here, everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, again, it also depends upon the pressures in the audience. If you're a publicly traded company, you certainly have a very sharp focus on the quarter-to-quarter earnings, and as a result, you uh, are going to probably draw, be more short-term focused and, and adapt to the short-term needs. If you are a privately held company, uh, hopefully, again, you're generating enough liquidity and cash flows 
to continue to fund your objectives and you can stay the course and drive that. Um, the importance of year and year improvement is always going to be there. And I think you need to measure that and needs to be incorporated in the goals. But the sensitivity to a quarterly earnings and what did you do for this specific quarter varies based on the nature of the company. Certainly a startup early stage business, a privately held business is not necessarily going to have the same pressures for quarter quarter earnings as a publicly held entity. That's really, uh, really interesting insight. Talk to me about people for a minute. How important is it uh, that my team is bought into the three-year goal? And especially, what do I do when they're not? What do I do when there's something going on where this isn't quite what I signed up for? Uh, do I try to nurture those folks or do I have to sort of say, look, this is the team that we need to build around us and that might mean some tough decisions? What's your guidance on some of that? Um, I, I think that the guidance needs to come from the top of the house. And with that, and I say top of the house, including all the functional leaders. So with that, you need to gain alignment with the leadership team. And I believe then it's their responsibility to cascade those objectives and ensure that their own functional goals, objectives, mandated performance objectives are incorporated and that there is alignment. So, uh, yeah, I think that the first step is ensuring that the leadership team is all on board, if not resolve it there. And then after that, as champions of that of that mission, they need to cascade in their organization and gather the buy in across their team. You make a great point about the different pressures that are being faced from a publicly held company. The three-year plan isn't necessarily so. There's there's a vision there that we kind of have to stick to versus the privately held. For in my experience, those are the companies that can just be. You could you could pull out that pull up that PowerPoint from three years ago, and you're talking about a completely different company. It doesn't even none of the things you thought were going to be important have, have been the things that you focused on. And I think discipline is one of those really important things audacity and discipline, thinking big and not being afraid to think big and have those stretches, especially for the privately held. But then to have the discipline to say, uh, we're going to stick to this, even if we need to move and flex, even if we find it takes five years instead of three to get there, we at least let's all be rowing in the same direction. Do you agree? I totally agree with that. I think that it's imperative that, uh, again, once you have those alignments and typically on the success drivers, you go out and execute. You're going to be measuring your plan versus actual. You're going to be reassessing uh, what went well and what didn't well, go well. You're going to uh, tweak your your activities and execution to hopefully, again, minimize the downsides and take advantage of the opportunities. You're constantly going to be driving a spirit of continuous improvement in your organization and ideally drive, uh, deliver those outstanding business results improved uh, KPIs, not only financial, operational. And the process begins again from a typical budgeting process. And again, I see a three-year plan. It's just solely being an extension of this. And it's really important, particularly for smaller held companies, because they are going to have pressures and seasonalities or cyclical natures of their business. Um, Payroll weeks are going to be more cash, require more cash. If you're looking at your supply chain and you're doing assembly yourself, are you going to have to uh, manufacture yourself? Do you have to invest in further machinery and equipment? Do you need to align with different strategic partners for sourcing? Those types of things are also going to be benefits of a longer term plan. I don't think anyone is building a plan that my revenues are going to be flat for the next three years. Right. 
you know, and so if you're going to grow, how are you going to do that? Commercially, gaining distribution, getting your products into the uh, places where consumers or buyers can have them. And again, continuing to innovate, supplementing that product portfolio, constantly reviewing your cost of those products to drive higher gross profit. And as I said before, the administrative cost of running the business and the amount of monies that you're investing in commercial to continue to grow your brands and grow your products needs to happen. You need to control your costs, generate more cash profits. And again, ideally drop that to reinvest in the business as well as to hire EBITDA. John Chappell from Pro CFO Partners, just kind of a roadmap for us to think about in the next three years. So much great specific advice in our conversation today. Thank you for sharing some time and expertise with us today. Can't wait to have you back and keep talking about this stuff. All right. Great, Chris. I thank you again for the time and hopefully you have a great rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.